It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also check him out on the Best Ghost Boys podcast. Landon, what's going on, sir? I've just finished up my treatise on uh, whether a burger is a sandwich or not, and I'm finished with that argument, uh, so we can now officially start talking uh, about uh, You know, it's funny. It, like, I... I I, they, someone asked us when they signed this. This podcast, we're going to talk about George Iloka, guys. Just a spoiler alert. Yes. Uh, when, when he got signed on, uh, was it Friday or Saturday? Yeah, I think it was Saturday, Saturday night. Yeah. Yeah. So we, someone put in a request, uh, uh, you know, for an emergency uh, uh, locked on Cowboys podcast about the situation, and, and I, I was just sitting there thinking, how can anyone make such a request when we're knee deep in hamburger versus <laughs> is hamburger sandwich conversation that Cowboys Twitter got embroiled in all over the weekend. Yeah, this time away? of Twitter truly brings out yeah, it truly brings out the worst conversations <laughs> of Twitter. It, it's it's truly uh, spectacular. Once we get to like June and July, it gets even worse. Like it's it's to the point where you just want to deactivate your Twitter for a little while, step away. But, well, yeah, other teams oh, can right. speculate on all their free agent signings. We, you know, we, we have we have to go one at a time. So, uh, but let's let's focus in on on actual stuff like yes. the, the players we signed. Uh, let's let's do it. Yeah. So on on Saturday night, the Cowboys finally got a safety. Uh, they signed former Cincinnati Bengal and Minnesota Viking uh, safety George Iloka to a one year deal. I don't think the terms have come out yet, but mm-hmm. like a lot of their deals, I have to believe Dallas did not pay Iloka a lot of money. Uh, let's just go ahead and talk about our initial reactions to the move, Land. What, what did you think when you first saw it? Well, I mean, I think, I mean, obviously they're they're, they're kind of they're safety shopping, um, and they, you know, I, I think if you take Earl Thomas, kind of out of the 
list of safety shopping they're doing because Earl Thomas is obviously a uh, a special case, I guess you would say, right? Um, I would agree, yep. Yeah, the rest of these guys that they've brought in all seem to be more of the uh, strong safety variety or at least guys that are versatile that can play strong safety. The combo guys. Yeah, yep. the combo guys. So. Uh, it wasn't, I, 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 and I read that in, and I think you know it's not very difficult to see the tea leaves here that they they like Xavier Woods at, at free mm-hmm. safety, and that I think that they would love to find a way to improve that other safety spot, whether that be in combination with Jeff Heath or I- instead of Jeff Heath. Um, and so I think you know guys like they brought in uh, uh, the the kid from uh, uh, Indianapolis. They they brought in uh, Barry. Gathers, yep. Yeah, Clayton Gathers. They brought in Barry. You know, they, and they brought in Iloka. Um, I think that they clearly had a. Uh, they probably viewed all these guys similarly. At, at, you know, as talent level. I mean, I think even though Eric Barry's resume may be uh, a little bit more padded obviously um, and there's probably a potential for more upside there just because of who he is and his you know skill set um, I think that they probably viewed these guys and their ability to impact the defense similarly uh, and so they took the guy that that was on the deal that they felt like they they at the price point that they wanted because they they, they want to spend the, the rest of this money elsewhere whether that be mm-hmm. in, in trying to work out a deal to trade for Quinn and or, uh, you know, signing Demarcus Lawrence. So for me, I, I think uh, you look at Iloka on paper, he's, you know, 6'4", 225. Cam Chancellor is uh, hard not to get into your head when you uh, when you look at the, the, the dimensions. But this guy is not Cam, this yep. guy is not Cam Chancellor. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's he's not – uh, that same physical presence that Cam Chancellor was. Uh, he's not the, the the linebacker playing safety that Cam Chancellor was. He has a big body. He's got long arms, and he is 6'4", 225. Uh, and I think that people in general, when the signing happened, was, was, I guess, how, how do I phrase it? I think they trended too far the other way by... Uh, by saying, "Well, this guy is only a free safety." He's—I don't know why everyone's calling him a strong safety. You know, he's mostly only played free safety. Blah 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 blah. And then the reality mm-hmm. is, if you go and you look at his usage, you, you kind of need to throw last year out because it was kind of a half and half season for him. You, you go to the year previous with Cincinnati, and if you add up all—I mean, you know—the the thing is that most of these people, most people are getting their snap their snap counts from from PFF, right? Yep, and you look absolutely. at it and you look at it and he had a vast majority of free safety snaps in 2017 versus strong safety snaps. I mean that's it's hard to, to, to look at it like that. But if you look at it, he also played uh, almost 80 snaps in the slot. He played another 43 that they listed as defensive line. You know, so like all those He was at the line of scrimmage, yeah. Yeah, all those snaps count as box safety snaps as far as I'm those are strong safety snaps as far as I'm concerned and if you add all that up he had about a 60-40 free safety to strong safety ratio so base almost you know really kind of 50-50 I mean if you want to get down to it right so right. this guy has versatility he can do both he is played more free safety but he definitely has a lot of experience playing around the line of scrimmage he's 6'4 225 he's a good tackler he's a good run defender but I wouldn't call him 
physical like Cam Chancellor. I would call him. Uh, you know what? You know he's what? A drag down tackle. He, you know, he's, he's, he's a drag down. Which he is looks fine. Exa- he looks very, exactly like Leighton Vanderesh is, is when he tackles somebody. You know, it's, yes, it's, he, he envelops. Yes. He's got long arms. He wraps his arms around your hips, and then he just drops his legs and pulls you down like he's a like he, like he's in the rodeo and he's and he's and he's roping a calf. You know, so uh, right. th- that's my take on George Iloka. Uh, and, and obviously, the, the the last thing I'll say is. I didn't know that they could fit another Boise State guy on this team, but here we are with another <laughs> Boise State guy on this team. I'm glad that you said you compared him to Leighton Van Dresch because I was going to say you got to compare him to another Boise State guy. Uh, for whatever reason, <laughs> the Cowboys absolutely love those those Boise State guys. I don't know what's in the water up there that makes them love them, but they well, do. They've been good um, for us. I mean, it's hard yeah, to deny I mean, that. They, they, they really haven't missed on a Boise no. State player yet, have they? I mean, every single one of them has been a, a solid player at the very least. So. I mean, even Kellen Moore, like, they, you know, they, he's an undrafted free he's the offensive coordinator now. But, I mean, yeah. like, you know, I, I think he was he was better than we, any of us even thought, you know? So, like, I think right. all of them have kind of overachieved to a certain degree. All right, so I've got a few points here, and Landon, please feel free to jump in if you have uh, you know any notes. But the very first thing that I thought of when the Cowboys signed Aloka was this was a signing that's going to make it so they don't have to draft a safety in the with their first pick, right? That's the way the Cowboys basically operate in free agency anymore is fill holes with short-term deals, one- or two-year deals with reliable veterans so they don't have to be forced one way or the other. I think ideally... The Cowboys would like to take a defensive lineman, particularly a three technique at, at 58. They don't want to have to take a safety if one's not there they love. So bringing in Iloka gives them another starter caliber player at the very least. Now, we can we can have a discussion where we think his best play is that. I talked to Joe Goodberry, one of our friends, mm-hmm. uh, works for the Athletic uh, in Cincinnati. The you guy know, the guy for Cincinnati stuff, guys. Absolutely. If you want to know anything about Cincinnati, Joe Goodberry is your man. Or Matt so, Marvel Comics. <laughs> yep, you're right. Uh, so I talked to him a little bit about his role because he was one of the ones that was saying, you know, he is a free safety. He, he Despite looking at his size, he's not a traditional in-the-box safety. What he basically was saying to me was his role was to not get beat deep. Yeah. So he would play deep, and he was their most reliable tackler on the team, and that's why they put him back there. Uh, they would give up a lot of plays underneath, but it was always Iloka that was finishing off the play and making sure that teams didn't beat them down the field. He's very good at that role. Yeah, I don't expect them to do that in Dallas. Do you? No, I think that that's more where they want Woods. I mean, that's in that role. Well, but I, I think that's my where they want Heath. That my thing is, I think Heath is better as that topper free safety than he he is down in the box. Would you agree with that? I think that Heath is better at playing free safety than Heath is better at playing strong safety but I think that, right. that I think all of this is to get Heath as your third safety because that's where I think right. Heath's, but, but, Heath's best ability is is the ability to come in and sub in for either one of these guys uh, because you're you're right I think he Heath personally is better as a topper but I think Xavier Woods is the guy I want back there but I almost think that on passing situations let's say third and 10 third and nine I almost think they're better off flipping Woods and Heath. I want Woods closer to the line of scrimmage, covering tight ends, well, doing that kind of stuff, and leaving Heath as a topper. Well, here's what and you could do. And that's where Iloka comes in, because he, you could have Iloka play mm-hmm. down in the box on first and second down. On third down, take Iloka off the field and kind of switch those roles. That's kind of what I initially thought here. Well, it's funny, because if you look at, uh, like, if you just look at his his coverage snaps, 
uh, in relation to everything else. Like his run defense and pass rush snaps, uh, it, it becomes a lot. Like they, that's basically how they used him in Cincinnati. Is what I was what I'm trying to say is that basically when on run and, and r- pass rushing downs, when they try to get him to either play run defense or they think it's a rundown. I, I wish they they had broken down these snaps by by down. But they sure. don't. They, they 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 break them down by snap, like pass defense, run defense, coverage, blah blah blah. But if you just take out the coverage part of his snap count, almost the huge bulk of his box safety snaps come on rundowns and downs where he's blitzing. Right. So I right. think that's essentially what they did with him too. And to kind of get to your point, what I think would be interesting now is. What this allows Woods to do, and, and I may be more on board if, what, if this is what you're saying, is that you could play Heath back and play three safeties. You know, and, and like. Well, with, I think there's certainly going to be situations where they call for that, right? Yeah, where I think, you know, where they have Aloka in the box, Woods stepping down to cover somebody in the slot, and then Heath playing mm-hmm. back as the topper. Like, I could t- definitely see that, you know, because I think that almost gets the best ability of all these guys kind of on the field at once. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, look, I think it's definitely – they wanted somebody – who. It's. I don't think that they were clearly going for someone who was just a strong safety because they wanted some versatility, some interplay between those. And I think that the other thing is they wanted to reduce Heath's snaps, but I also think that they – on defense, but I also think that they wanted him – I mean, you're, you're probably right. They probably wanted him to get more safety snaps uh, in, in the in the in the back end because that's probably you're right where his he's at his best, uh, and and that doesn't mean that you take Woods off the field necessarily because Woods is adept at stepping down and covering people uh, in the slot. But what Woods is not great at necessarily is operating as a run defender in the box. You know, right. I think that's where somewhere where Iloka is is going to be the major upgrade as a run defender safety in the box. I mean, again, he's not a physical guy. He's not like, uh, 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 you know, it's, it's kind of like how we talked about with, with the, with Abrams, a- Abram, or I guess what you and I talked about with Jonathan Abram, and we'll talk about safeties at some point. Um, you right. know, he's a tackler, and he and, and I he, Abram's a hard tackler. I don't know that that Iloka is necessarily that, but I don't consider them to be like physical players who are are you know great. I mean, I see Iloka take on guards and stuff just because he's big, but I don't know that that's like he's not a bully as a safety. I just think he can. Operate effectively. He's, just, he's not a thumper, right? He's, yeah. he's not that he's, kind of set the tone. Don't, don't expect a six four, two hundred twenty five pound safety type player. You know what I'm saying? Like he can, he right. can. Imagine he was a six foot, two hundred and ten pound safety well, uh, playing strong safety, and that's and he's good at like that level of 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 physicality. He can do the job just fine. He's a solid tackler, but he isn't blowing people up. He's, you know what I'm saying? Like that's just not his game. It's funny that the Cowboys signed a Loka because I think they've kind of been sniffing around for this type of player. If you remember correctly, we had a discussion mid-season about the Cowboys potentially bringing in Obi Melifonwu, yeah. who was cut from the Raiders. Very, very similar type of player, six foot five or six foot four, two hundred twenty-five pounds, 
not a physical player at all, but they wanted somebody with that size and athleticism to kind of play down in the box and be almost like the third linebacker down there, right? So I think that's what Aloka's role is going to be. I think they're going to move him around a bunch. Well, I, I wouldn't call him – oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I'm not going to call him a full-time starter, but I think he's going to have a role. Well, here's the thing. I mean, I, I, one thing that I got to say that I was surprised about when I, when I watched a little bit of tape of him, when I looked at his usage, he played a lot in the slot. You know, like yeah, as yep. a slot defender, and and I think that that is something that, you know, as someone who is, you're going to be playing strong safety, I would assume mostly, that uh, that you know could be useful. I I I look at him more as a versatile box safety, a guy who in the you know what I'm saying, not a, a physical enforcer. He's not Roy Williams. He's not you know mm-hmm. uh, uh, any of those guys who you don't want to run his way because he's going to hurt somebody. Kind of like he's going to make the tackle because he's again like Leighton Vander Esch. He's got long arms. He'll get around you. He's so tall that he can fall to his knees, get his arms around your hips, and then drag you to the ground. Like he's he's a very solid tackler. He's good in, in run defense. He understands angles. That's sort of thing. He's solid there. He's just not a physical force, but that's okay because you've got two other guys who could do that for you playing next to him. Uh, Being able to play in the box, play as a run defender, and then also be able to as motions happens, as formations change, be able to step out and cover somebody in the slot, you know, typically with his length uh, and with the speed with that is, is impressive. Look, I wouldn't be surprised if the Rams game last year kind of changed the Cowboys' opinion of how they want to play defense. I think for the most part last year, we saw the same 11 to 13 guys playing. I think the Cowboys kind of know they have to be more versatile. They've got to have more chess pieces to, to throw out there mm. if you know if they go up against a run-heavy team like the Rams who are just gashing you, or they go against a, you know, a spread team. They've got to have more cornerbacks and safeties that can kind of move all over the field. I think it's more important in today's NFL to have you know, about 17 to 18 defenders that you can really, really yeah. rely on yeah. rather than having 11 guys who you feel great about, right? It's yeah. more like having that basketball rotation of, hey, if this team goes big, we can go big with them. If they go small, we can go small. Exactly. Iloka gives you just another guy that you can put in there against certain teams. And I'm sure if Iloka's playing in that game against the Rams, I'm pretty sure the Cowboys don't give up 300 rushing yards because he's just a better run defender than Jeff Heath, right? Yeah, I mean, the the whole issue is that this kind of just fills – it's another solid tackler that um, – that that's down in the box that you know I mean and, and, and let's not I mean again the game is changing and run the run game you know uh, is is not as important for some teams anymore uh, as uh, some teams it's still extremely important and and you'll get beat if you don't defend it like right. the Cowboys did versus the Rams the other thing to consider here though is that th- there's lots of of uh, you know. Uh, quick screens, the, the the you know the smoke routes, a lot of getting the ball into defend uh, 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 playmakers' hands quickly, getting the ball out quickly because uh, that's also where the off- offenses are now trending. Trying to get the ball out of the quarterback's hands quickly so that uh, they don't have to f- you know face a terrible pass rush because offensive line play in general is terrible in the offensive line. I mean, uh, it's all about the NFL, and so right. now you've got another guy who is adept at coverage, who's in that box, who can make tackles on those guys who can make the tackles mm-hmm. on the outside who can beat wide receiver blocks to 
you know, tackle these guys on these smoke routes, on these tunnel screens uh, uh, for losses as opposed to, you know, another two fast guys trying to chase each other. Now you've got a big guy with long arms who are going to close up uh, alleys real quick when he, when he fills. All right, a couple more little things before we finish up the podcast. Um, was it surprising to you that the Cowboys chose Iloka over Eric Berry? Because it wasn't to me at all. I think, I mean, we don't know the price of Eric Berry, but I have a feeling the Cowboys probably had some concerns about his health and how much he was going to be, or how expensive he's going to be. I, I have a feeling when it's all said and done, you're going to see Eric Berry get significantly more money than Iloka. So, any thoughts on that? Well, I think it's you know it's not just uh, uh, it's foolish to think of these situations as well. Why did they? Sign Iloka versus Eric Berry. I mean, it's not as it's not a comparison of the two. It's Iloka at one year for X million dollars uh, versus one or two million. Yeah, yeah. versus Eric Berry. Iloka, who has been a you know reliably healthy, I think from from what I've seen most of his career, or, yeah. or you know reasonably healthy for most of his career at X you know amount of millions of years for one. Uh, uh, for one year, right? Eric Berry, with all his injury concern, injury history and health issues, uh, at probably three years at why million dollars a year? You know, though that's the comparison. We don't have all the information, but even with the limited information we know, Eric Berry is a much bigger name than George Iloka. Going to command, going to command a, a a bigger salary. The, the the question there is, can you get him to play? It's a it's a big risk versus reward there, right? Because it, can you get him to play at the level that he was playing previously? If you can, you've hit a home run. Probably even at the price range that you're paying, uh, you're you're getting a, 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 a heck of a safety. If you don't, if you can't get back to that, you're probably severely overpaying for a guy who's basically a strong safety and he's on your books for the next two years. So right. I think for the Cowboys, they were trying to get themselves into a situation that they didn't have to draft a starting safety at 58 because they looked at the boards, they looked at the way things were falling, they didn't love all the options that they were, they were seeing at 58 for that position. And so they decided to make a move that at least means that they don't have to draft a, uh, a safety at 58 or ni- you know 90 whatever. So I think that at this point they feel like they can get through the season. Maybe they like Aloka and they sign him to another one year deal. Maybe they don't and they they draft uh, a safety next year. Yeah, really quickly on the draft. Does this change your thought of what type of safety the Cowboys may be looking for because now you have Aloka, you might not need the every down strong safety maybe you can go for another one of those combo guys if like a taylor rap falls or does this change your belief at all on how the cowboys may draft the safety uh i think it's it, it informs a little bit of what kind of safety you know that's the other interesting thing is that this is these are the first moves that we're seeing of safety acquisition for chris richard because that you know that's we, we we really haven't seen much of that uh, other than what he did in Seattle and he in Seattle he had very clearly defined player body types even though Eric uh, you know ET and and uh, Cam would would sometimes flop flops positions and play you know down and up and whatever uh, you know they they kind of mostly played pretty defined roles right as opposed to the the idea of of having safety versatility. You know, I think some people will look at Iloka's body type and assume that that he's going back into that sort of archetype of big and small. 
I, I don't know that I don't know if we we can uh, uh, confirm that yet. I think we still need some more information there on whether or not what kind of safeties exactly are you know quote unquote Chris Richard safeties. So um, I, I I think I think it's still up in the air is what I guess I'm saying. Uh, you know I I don't know right, that right. We, we may get ver- a more versatile type. You know we we also may get. Uh, uh, them kind of taking a swing on a guy who's maybe a little bit bigger, who can be a uh, more physical force, uh, who's similar size to George Iloka, or maybe he really likes a lot about George Iloka and thinks that he's being, he has been used uh, improperly and, and, and he may have his own vision for what Iloka can do with uh, his scheme. All right. So last question before we sign off. Uh, now that the Cowboys have addressed the safety position, just gut feeling. What position do you think the Cowboys will draft at fifty-eight? Not you don't have to give me a name, but just a position. Defensive line, I think. I mean, t- whether it's a tackler or an edge player, I mean, I think it, we don't really know what's going to happen with Quinn. We don't really know what's going to happen with Demarcus Lawrence at this point. Um, you know, or Randy Gregory, even. or we Randy Gregory. That. There's a lot of unknown at defensive line, and it's a position that's so important to the defense. Uh, I feel like the offense is in pretty decent shape. Um, uh, I feel like we need to. Uh, we I would not even be surprised, and some people have already said this too. I wouldn't be surprised if our t- first two picks of this draft are, are both defense. Yeah, and we, if we even forgot to mention Tyrone Crawford, who has some of his own issues of his yeah, own right now. That's so, true. Uh, I, I think that's a pretty safe bet. I won't be surprised if they draft a cornerback with the 58th no, pick. Nope, I wouldn't either. Uh, for a couple of different reasons, we'll get into that in a different podcast. But that's it for today's show. Thank you, get for, uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Lockdown Cowboys, and of course, I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you guys next time. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.